are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The scripture says, I was astonished at the vision, not understood it. It's so overwhelming, I fainted. It was so overwhelming, I became sick. Tonight, I don't know what you're sick over or what you've been sick over in the past or weak over or what will come into your life and invade your life or my life this week. That when we hear the news, we'll become sick. We'll become weak. It might be, and perhaps, God forbid, the discovery of a troubled marriage. It may be the prodigal child goes further away from God and further away from family. It may be that financial pressure or this week the doctor may say, I don't have good news to tell you and we get weak, and we faint, and we're sick. When we receive overwhelming news like this, there's many reactions that can take place. Some, when they hear information that's just way beyond, it's overwhelming, they quit church. I've never understood that. They just quit church. It's happening all over America. It always has happened. It's not anything new. I've got a trouble with my marriage. I'm quitting church. <laughs> That's when you need church all the more. I'm having trouble with my son, my daughter. I think I'm going to lay out of church. Oh, get to the house of God. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. You don't need less church. I don't need less church. When I'm overwhelmed, we need more. Perhaps some quit, others complain, others attack, others create chaos, others go to the uh, internet and they blast their family or they blast their company or they blast the church or they blast the Christian school or they blast one another or they may even blast their mate. Yet others pout. What did Daniel do? This boy who was stolen from his mother and dad as a teenager. This boy that was highly educated. This boy that was schooled in the languages and sciences. And yet a king came and invaded their land and plucked out the best teenagers. And he took Daniel as a teenager and Daniel went to the den of lions in this book at age 90. He spent his entire life away from his mother, away from his dad, and yet every time he was tested, he stood true to God. There was no boundaries around him. There was not the church, there was not the Jews, there was not the uh, mother and dad boundary. And yet, but the king said, you drink this wine. He said, I purpose to my heart, I'm not gonna defile myself with the king's meat nor wine. Though mother wasn't there watching, he stood right. The king said, no more praying to your God, 
but he opened up his window three times he did it as he did a four time his practice was and he prayed toward Jerusalem he went to the den of lions he saw Shadrach Meshach and Abednego go to the fiery furnace but he did not bow he did not bend he did not burn Daniel stood when no one around him was influencing for right Daniel sees this vision this is much different than what he's faced. This vision came from God. It did not come from Nebuchadnezzar. It did not come from a false king. It did not come from Darius. It did not come from Belshazzar. It came from God. And God was revealing not only the collapse of these nations of Rome and Greece, and we saw them last week, Alexander the Great, but he was revealing the tribulation how that the Jews will make peace with the Antichrist. But in the middle of those seven weeks, which are seven years, that Antichrist is gonna break that peace treaty with Israel. And this world will have a bloodbath on their hands. And God is showing him what's gonna take place in the future with these countries. And now he is at the point, I saw it, Nobody understood it. He says that in the last two words. They, they not understood it. They didn't understand what was going on. He said, I, I kept it in my heart. But I said, I'm sick. I fainted. I'm weak. It's too much for me to bear up under. What do you do when you're in that point? What do you do when the things you invest your life to fall, fall apart? What do you do when you pray for a child and God gives you that child by his grace and you raise that child and you put everything in that child and you do your best and you pray for that child daily and nightly and you have family devotions and family Bible time and somewhere along the line that child rejects the faith of their father and mother and sleep is taken from you and your heart is so shattered. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when you don't think things are fair, even in God's institution, the church or the school? What are you going to do? I'll tell you what Daniel did. Chapter 9, verse number 3. And I set my face under the Lord God. Would you read that with me? Ready? And I set my face under the Lord God. When do we read it again? Chapter 9, verse number 3. Chapter 9, 3, ready, begin. I set my face under the Lord God. What is he going to seek his face? He said to seek by prayer. That word prayer is introduced to us. You're going to see it throughout this chapter. Seek by prayer. Supplication. Fasting. Sackcloth. Ashes. I prayed unto the Lord. My God. I made my confession. I said, oh Lord. The great and dreadful God, keeping covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments, we have sinned. I find that tonight he prayed. What a friend we have in Jesus. And Brother Waterhouse, thank you for playing that tonight. This morning we heard on this panel, Brother Caleb, oh, victory in Jesus. Tonight, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. 
Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I want to challenge you that our life should be a walk of prayer all the time. In the vehicle, you're alone. We don't have to be listening to all the radio news and talk show. We can walk with God in prayer in the car. There's so many places that you ought to find of prayer. I would hope at your home, it could be quiet enough that you could find a place that that's my secret place, that's my altar of prayer. I hope if you have an office at work and you're on your own time, lunchtime or break time, you could just kneel right there behind your cubicle at your desk and, and make it an altar of prayer. Some of you go, I know, go out on lunch hour and you go out to your vehicle in the parking lot and there you pray. I wonder if it's, uh, I, I had a college student say, tell me this last week, tell me where those salt flats are. Right before college started about two weeks ago, I guess. Tell me where those salt flats are. And I told him how to get out there. And I said, when you get there, call me. I want to direct you properly. And he called. I, I'm so glad he went out to the salt flats. I asked him, how was it? He said, it was incredible. I get on my bike and I love going out there, just ride down the canals and get on the salt flats and just pray. I fly over those salt flats and as I fly over, I look down and think, there's, they're right there. I could see it. There's where I, God was so very powerful in my life at one particular time. There's where God met me right there and I met God right there. Oh, I tell you what, I love the salt flats. I love going to the cemetery. I love the cemeteries. The cemeteries where I stop by your loved ones that have been laid to rest. But I walk in the quietness of that dearest, wonderful, sweet place. And I can pray out loud and talk out loud in the midst of the busyness of life. I can talk to God. I love the midnight hour alone with God when I can't sleep at times and I get up and I go downstairs. I, I know it's sounding well, pastor's this great hero. I'm so weak when it comes to everything that I should be doing. I need to read my Bible more. I need to pray more. I need to be a better soul winner. I need to walk humbly before God. There's so much improvement. I, I get weary with me. So often as we get closer to Saturday, and I would say for you that one day uh, you might go to another church, watch what you send the pastor. Don't have things arriving on Saturday. Don't have letters arriving on Thursday that's gonna take away from the touch of God in his life. Don't meet him out in front of the church and say, by the way, we're leaving, this is our last service. But be careful because men of God, and I have so many pastors here that are working, serving together with us here, they know that, that the old devil's fighting you already enough and your flesh and condemning your heart if you're not careful. And here's Daniel, and Daniel said, I, I want to pray. I have to pray. I have to meet God and pray. And child of God, as a student in high school and junior high, as an elementary child, as a college student, as a young uh, single adult or couple or senior saint, we need in this country, God's people know how to learn how to walk with God and pray. I want you to see his prayer. As we speak tonight, what you do when overwhelmed? Well, we pray. Notice his admission in his prayer. His admission. I prayed, verse 4, and I made my confession. 
No, his admission was, he's going to tell us that we're so proud. I am and you. I'm so proud. That's why God's word says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you. And God's word says, if my people which are called by my name shout, what's the next word? Humble themselves and pray. Humility always comes before prayer. And as we pray to God, we need to come and not come arrogant that I'm so important or I have this right and I know we have the right to come boldly, but we ought to come and say, God, oh, wretched man that I am, as Paul said. And he says here, he said, oh, I prayed to the Lord and made my confession. I made my confession. I didn't confess your sins. You heathens. Oh, no. Prayer always begins with yourself. When you come to God in prayer, search me, O oh God. Search me, O oh God. Know my heart today. Try me, O oh Savior. Know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. David said, my sin is ever before it's my sin. When people begin to point out all the sins and faults and failures of someone else, it's always a cover for their own sin. Here is this great Daniel. And he began to pray. I know people that I pastor. They're spending much of their energy praying for their mate. God changed my mate. She is so rebellious. She is so stubborn. She is so unsubmissive. Change her. But that's not how God wants you to pray. God changed me. I know some ladies that are praying that about their husband. But I wouldn't pray much about God changing your husband. I'm as serious as I can be. My wife has needs and on my prayer journal I have those listed. But not one request is to change her. Really, when you have a difficulty in a life relationship, you never really should be praying that God would change them, but that God would change you. God, point out to me, reveal to me, change me, correct me. And so the, Daniel says, he says, oh, Lord God, great, gentle God, verse 4, keeping the covenant and the mercy to them that love him and then that keep his commandments. Then he says, we have sinned. We have sinned. And he introduces this word sin that you'll see so often. We have sinned, we have committed iniquity. Notice what he says in verse number, verse eight, the latter part of the verse, verse eight, but because we have sinned against thee. Notice what he says in verse number 11. The Bible says the last few words of verse 11, we have sinned. Notice what he says in verse number 15. In the latter part of the verse, we have sinned and done wickedly. Verse number 16, because of our sins. You know, when you have something so monumental that you're praying about, it ought to always start with God reveal to me my sins. Reveal to me where I fail you. 
Reveal to me what is wrong. And I think so many times we think what it is, it's adultery and fornication and stealing and those bad sins of, of, um, uh, of, um, of um, uh, drugs. But what about the sin of fear? What about the sin of the lack of faith in God? What about the tricks that your mind plays right here? That's why in my prayer life, I try to always say, God, and it's no more humorous to me when I say it, I give you my mind today. <laughs> Not much up there, is there, Lord? I give you my eyes today. Lord, I offer you my ears today. I want my ears to hear good things. Lord, I give you my mouth today. May my words be pleasing, they be Christ-like. Lord, I give you my hands. I give you my heart. I give you my feet. I many times sing, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. At the impulse of thy love, take my feet, take my heart, take my life. My life, Lord, is our school song, yours to control. God wants you. And Daniel begins with admitting, if I regard iniquity in my heart, Psalm 66, 18, the Lord will not hear me. I don't know, but tonight, we have 14 grandkids, but, but tonight we may receive the call. 10 of them live away from here, pastoring two different churches. And I might get the call, Papa, God forbid, I hope not. Please pray for this situation. It's the midnight hour. And I don't wanna have to call a staff member, a deacon, or an usher, or a Sunday school teacher, a member say, uh, Dr. Nikolai, can I get right with you? I've got to get a hold of God for my grandkids. Brother Art, can I get right with you? I've just I've been, I've, I've been wrong toward you. I, I want to, Brother Bruno, get right with you. I've had aught in my heart, Brother Evan. I've had aught, Brother, Brother Pastor Everett said, I've, I've had a problem in my heart towards you. I don't have that time. Because when 911 calls at one o'clock in the morning, I've got to get a hold of God. Only God can change the impossible. Only God can move on the heart and life. Only God can guide that surgeon. Only God can intervene. And here he said, I, I can't. Sin clogs the, 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 the avenue of channel between man and God. I cannot have sin that is regarding iniquity in my heart. We have sinned. What were their sins? Look at verse five. I'll show what their sins were. Chapter nine, verse five. We have done wickedly. Here it is. We have rebelled even departing from the precepts. We have rejected the word of God. And not only have we rejected the word of God, we've rejected the prophets. Neither have we hearkened to that. Thy servants, the prophets. All I have to say, 
I, I know you deserve, I know it. Don't rebuke me on this lady. I, I, I know you deserve a flawless pastor. I know that. And if you feel like you can find a better, more godly pastor and they're out there, please go find that pastor. Please go to that church and get under that man's ministry. And, and I won't be faulting you for that at all. Find the place where you can be under the authority of a pastor that can guide you. They said, we would not listen to thy prophets. And he shows us and we wouldn't even listen to the history of Moses. And not only did they reject the word of God and reject the prophets of God, they in verse number 10 rejected God himself. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord. We said no, when God spoke no, we don't wanna hear from you. I see the admission. He made it very clear, we've been disobedient, we've sinned. I see the asking, don't you see it there? Verse 18, oh my God. Incline thine ear and hear. Open thou thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by the name. For we do present our supplications before thee, our great, our, our righteousness, um, uh, for our righteousness, but for thy great, for thy great mercies. Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, hearken. Oh Lord, do. Defer not. Oh my God. That's asking. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. If ye then, being evil, know how to good, good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father give to them that ask him? Are you asking God for anything? On your prayer journal, prayer life, whatever, I don't know what you have. I like a prayer journal. And, and my wife's, her prayer journal is different than mine. But I want to say, are you praying and you're walking with God? Are you talking to God? Are you saying God? Uh, the, the word prayer is a, a, a tale, which means to crave, to beg, to ask. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Or are we asking God, boy, am I, my marriage is too far gone. Our kids are too far gone. My health is too far advanced. God, any rivers, we used to sing it in high school a lot. You think are an uncrossable. God, any mountains you can't tunnel through. God specializes in things thought impossible. And he can do what no other can do. We've been here a long time, 44 years. May I tell you this? This church has inspired my faith because we're sitting on this property to other property and buildings that every one of the buildings from the city and from the owners of the property was a no. Nothing was ever handed easy. But everything we have was a gift from the hand of God through prayer. I love to tell the story, but I won't for the sake of time. But I would just like to say, don't you remember when we called this place Jericho? And we asked the owners that own this Stanford Applied Engineering, we called this place Jericho. 
and they walked around Jericho and they didn't talk and the owner of the property is a Christian and he knew the story. I said, I'd like to have permission. These roads weren't here, these curves weren't here, these sidewalks were not here, these buildings were not here. That academic building was about abandoned. It looked like the rapture had taken place. There was a loading dock back there, nothing was happening. And I said, would you allow us, even though your employees are working here, to just walk around the property? As they did in Joshua's day, we won't talk, we won't bother you. He said, you could do it. I said, we're just claiming this. And I can recall when they got an offer to sell it. And I can recall that when they accepted that offer and everything was collapsing around us, but we kept praying. And then that offer collapsed. And I recall about a year later when God gave us this property. And then the city said, you can't build on it. And you cannot have housing. We can have over 400 people on this property alone living in housing at night that are here legally from the city. You cannot build that commons. We won't allow you to do it, but there it sits and it's paid for. You cannot build a 3,000 seat auditorium. It's not possible. You don't have the parking and yet they voted and said you can do it. You can't build over there at the other building, a three-story building or the other property. You can't build that auditorium. You can't build those classrooms. You can't do it with 38 parking stalls, but it's all there legally approved and paid for. God did it. He specializes in what's impossible by faith. We please God. For without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Closing, I find that there's admission. I find there's asking. If you ask anything, Matthew 7, in my name, I will do it. But don't you see the answer? Verse 20. Not only is there admittance, we admit our condition and we ask as we cast our care upon him, but notice the answer, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, while I was speaking in prayer, watch this now, even the man Gabriel, who I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly touched me about that time the evening and informed me and talked with me and said, oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. And at the beginning of my supplication, the commandment came forth, and I came to show thee thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider. Ladies and gentlemen, those four verses are not answered prayer. I don't know what is. Gabriel said, I'm going to show you what it's all about. I want to answer your prayer. I want to challenge our church in this week to become people of prayer. Pray about everything. Sir, pray, pray, pray for your dear wife. It must be difficult to be a wife and a mother. 
Pray for your dear husband. It must be difficult, dear lady, for your husband. Pray for your kids. You know, you say, well, my marriage, I pray and there's no answer. There's always an answer. The answer is God's either going to change your mate or God's going to change you. But there's always an answer. But we're so caught up that God has to change our mate that we're not realizing God's changing me. So many delays we've had in this church. One, God delayed us 31 years to have radio, a radio ministry. And the day that God gave us the radio ministry, I believe it was 100 stations day one without making a phone call, 31 years. But you know what God was doing? God was building us. All those years preaching two Sunday morning services, 13 years. All those years, no parking, and all those years, no space. God was preparing us for what we enjoy today. But God's not finished yet. I think of that song that we sing, Sweet Hour of Prayer. Sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne, makes all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found release. Notice what he said in chapter number nine in closing verse 13. This is such a sad verse. He's rehearsing back in Moses' day as is written in the law of Moses. All this evil has come upon us Watch it. Yet made we not our prayer before the Lord. We have the history of our nation, he said, that we just stopped praying. Last week I spoke to you about the crossroads of America, our country, our church, churches in America, ourselves, our condition. No, oh, there's amens. That there's got to be, there needs to be a revival. There needs to be something happening with the crossroads. And I think you said it so well. I, I agree with you on Wednesday night. You said, I don't think we're at the crossroads. I think we're beyond. And I agree with that. We're in a tough spot in this country. Our churches are in a tough spot. The Christians are in a tough spot. But chapter 9 follows in prayer. I pray a lot. But if my prayer life was revealed to you, I'd be so ashamed. I haven't arrived yet. I've got so much more to do with my prayer life. Everything to God in prayer. There are times and I just fall on my knees in my study and say, oh God, right now, I've got to help you. I, I, you got to help me. I, 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 I so, I'm so bewildered. I do that over preaching. Lord, I, I think I know where you want me to go, but I'm not sure. Will you please show me? God, will you please show me? Will you reveal it to me? Will you show me what to say and what not to say? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, 
visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.